Sellers bring you another episode of the Big Belt Podcast. Uh, today we got a couple of different dance we're going to cover for you, including the uh, New Japan pay-per-view, um, the Wednesday night wrestling roundup, a couple of rumors and news, and just some other little random things we got in store for y'all. But first, we're just going to start off with the New Japan pay-per-view, which was on, it was on July 5th. Um, Dominion. If you didn't miss it, this is one. This is one pay per view you definitely want to review. Um, see if we can get a link up on our Twitter page for you. But uh, let we'll we'll all let Aaron introduce it for you. So yeah, we had the uh, the Dominion pay per view. It was at hold on, I'm looking right now. Wikipedia, I love you. At the Osaka, <laughs> it was in Osaka, Japan, at the Osaka Joe Hall. It was a very long show. We're going to get into our plus minus here, and that was be one of my minuses on it. It was a very long show. I did watch it from start to finish. We have Celis right now as we speak watching the conclusion to the main event because um, we told him he needed to see it. Um, it was a pretty stacked card. We had one, two, three, four, five, six championships up for grabs on the card. And... Um, we were talking before we got on the air about a lot of the things we liked about it. Should we start with that main event? Go into going to the plus side first? Hey, you want to hear a quick little did you know fact? Sure. This was the first promotion that was held at this place in this building in over 21 years. So wow. totally a sellout crowd. I think it had a capacity of over, what was it? It was over 11,000 I'm seeing here. Yeah. Full, uh, full... Fully sold out crowd, so big, big event for them, and I believe the show definitely delivered. But yeah, for sure, let's definitely get into the, the plus and minuses for the show. Um, let's 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 start off this way right now, Sellers. As you watch, how are you feeling as your plus? Um, a plus match with this with this AJ Styles Okada match. It's it's definitely no slow moments in there because normally when you have epic matches, you have matches where it's slow moments. You have about one or two minutes where both wrestlers are down. And literally, it's like when I'm watching this match, it's no more than 30 seconds that both wrestlers are down and they're up fighting again. So I think that's just great to show the athleticism of a basically an almost 30-minute match where you have people just going back and forth, back and forth, because that shows stamina that you have to do in the ring. This stuff is not easy. I'm speaking from a person that knows how to do stunts and is certified to do that it's hard. I mean, when you take a bump, you really have to gather your body up just to do it again, and, and you just keep going back and forth. It just shows how much work these athletes have to do. So I'm very impressed about that. Cool, cool. And, uh, A-Rod, what's a quick, really, really quick uh, plus for you on the show without thinking too hard? Oh, with this match or just anything on the show? Oh, period, period. Period? Okay. Uh, the Young Bucks, I already talked about them on the last episode, were just, they're so entertaining. WWE would be crazy to not try and pursue them again. I know the Young Bucks turned them down uh, in the past with past offers to join the company. But uh, one match that surprised me that I didn't think I was going to like, that I did end up liking a lot, was the Shibata versus Sakuraba match. It kind of played like a, like a Taekwondo or like a, it just felt really stiff. A lot of... Uh, open arm hits, a lot of stiff kicks, and the first half of the match kind of worked like that, and then they got, and we were talking about this before we got on the air, 
about the submissions that they put in. Why don't you talk about the submission that you were telling me about? Because I loved it too. Oh man! So hey, that definitely to tell off what you're saying, like it was a lot of technical martial arts within this match. Uh, you seen a little bit of Muay Thai, a little bit of Jiu Jitsu, and just real good technical wrestling. If you're a fan of wrestling all around, besides just seeing spotty moves, this was a great match for you. But yes, there was this. It was a. It was a submission that Shibata uh, put on where he was um, on his back and he kind of had like rolled his back like a surfboard kind of and held his arms back. And the rope break was caused by uh, Sakuraba grab, grabbing the ropes with his mouth. And I was just like, wow, I've never seen it. Really, really, really good spot. And uh, I kind of got a laugh out of it. But other than that, I mean, it, it was just a real, real good technical match. And just to add, I think it was actually Shibata that grabbed it with his mouth. I know that the names are very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Shibata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason I can distinguish is because Shibata just looks way younger, I think. Maybe that's not the case. But the the best uh, piece of storytelling on the whole show was at the end of this match because they had done, they had gone, like you said, submission for submission, and no one was tapping out. Everyone was getting to the ropes or breaking the hold however they could. And then Shibata gets Sakuraba in this, he's got his knee in his spine, and he's got him in this like rear chin lock type thing. And it's very obvious after 20 seconds that Sakuraba's not going to tap. So he lets him go. Sakuraba's still sitting up. Um, uh, Shibata goes off the ropes and just drills, drill kicks him right in the face. Yeah, the penalty kick. The story was just like, you know, I got to end this. This isn't going to work. I just got to blast this guy and end it. And it was just <laughs> amazing. Absolutely. I, I think that it was no other way for this match to end, but with a submission hole. And um, one of my favorites in, in uh, MMA and as well as how Brock portrays it is the, um, the Kimura. Like it was just, he put it. It was a real. It was another little spotty section that I liked about it. How he had him, and um, he he went to the ropes, flipped it back over, and, and grabbed it again. I will not be surprised if I don't see Brock uses this move in WWE at all. But it's interesting yeah. you bring up Brock because does is Kushida's armbar? It isn't it pretty much the same thing that Brock does. The one that he does. The one that he ended up getting the champ, the junior heavyweight title for against Kenny Omega. It seems like. His arm bar is the same as the one Brock uses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I, I think it's uh, I like that he doesn't go for it until towards the end of the match. He doesn't tease it like throughout the match. It's kind of I, like his his dagger, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> I don't know. Even even with uh, we've kind of talking before the podcast. Even with some of the selling issues, the Kamora um that was executed here. There was no doubt that I felt like it was perfectly uh, locked in, and I feel like this was so correctly. Whereas, like Jamie Noble, <laughs> he just—I don't know if it's Jamie Noble or if it's Brock, but just how I see them do, I just like, oh, that—that that just looks so cheesy. But either way, I still like the submission. Period. So, here's a question I have for both of you: just just listening on that, and I just got a chance to finish the match. Um, would you prefer, as huge wrestling fans? A submission type match, and we think it's a submission match. You think of the person we can't name, or Dean Malenko, maybe Ric Flair added to that, or a brawler type, somebody like a Brock Lesnar. I'll throw Ryback in there because he is a brawler. Somebody like Goldberg. 
what type of matches do you think are classic matches when we say, okay, greatest matches of all times or match of the year candidates? Are we talking about more submission matches where you have to, you know, struggle of a power hold or some type of submission maneuver? Or is it the brawling type where you just see two guys just physically beat each other down? Which is our better match? Oh, this is easy. Look, do you prefer Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar or Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg? Well, I mean, that, that's that's the part. Would you prefer a hardcore match or an I Quit match? I, don't, I wish I could dial in the WWE Universe right now because they surely let you know how they felt about that Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match. And I was oh, yeah, right for there. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but uh, hands down, I prefer people that have a wrestling background with more of the traditional uh, techniques and submissions easily. Um, somebody else that came to mind when you was naming people. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dean Malenko's. Uh, the guy we can't name, obviously I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, and some somebody else I was thinking of. Even even Taz, you know, yeah, was somebody true, true. I was really fond on. So, what about you, A-Ron? I choose not to discriminate on the question. I prefer all types of matches. Um, I think what makes a match of the year candidate or, you know, just a masterpiece or a classic isn't necessarily the work rate, although that helps an awful lot when you're talking about especially guys like Malenko or Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar, whoever. I think what makes a great match is that they tell the story and that they captivate the audience well because I think... My match of the year in 06 was uh, when I went to WrestleMania 22 was Edge versus Mick Foley, and there was nothing technical about that match. It's right. just you knew it was going to be good, but you, did, you didn't realize it was going to be that good. And being there live in the moment watching that, it just blew me away, and that's why I'm a fan of pro wrestling. I think about, we were talking off the air about Wrestle Kingdom 9 in January. You know, I didn't have a lot that I knew what to expect off that car because my experience with New Japan was limited. And uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Ibushi, they had an insane match where, like, you didn't know who was going to win and it kept you on your toes. And I think back to WrestleMania 25 and that classic that Taker and um, Shawn Michaels had. If you watch the last five to seven minutes of that match, there's probably 30 to 40 seconds between each spot. But they made it mean so much. And, like, that was, we were, I watched it in my apartment because I was still in college at the time. And we all stood for the last 10 minutes. And that says something, especially in today's world where everybody seems to know everything before it happens on the internet, whatever, you know. (laughs) So, for me, it's just, it's the story that's told. And um, a lot of times when they exceed expectations and surprise you. I I, I can't agree uh, anymore with that. Um. But on the contrary, I'm still not a big fan of just a straight brawler versus brawler where it's just like, you know, these Vince McMahon guys that he, he gets that's just, yeah you know, bodybuilders versus another bodybuilder, you know. Um, but like Brock doing the backflip off the top rope, you just, you never, you never, uh, you, you just never could be like unsurprised at times where you just never know what could happen. But like, Brock has a wrestling background, so I kind of negates him. But somebody like Mark Henry, like, I am a fan of his um, story through the WWE, but just not a total fan of what he has to bring to the ring. Even his old matches. I mean, even his first match, I remember, was, like, super sloppy. You can tell he was nervous. But nowadays, you still really don't see 
<laughs> you, I mean, you don't see much progress progress out of that. I guess that's only why he won the, the championship once, right? Yeah, that yeah, hall that the, hall of pain run was sick, though, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he can he he can definitely. Um, he does a good job being a, a heel. There's no question. Yeah. But think about this two chains. Even you said it too. What are we gearing towards? Vince McMahon type guys. Vince McMahon type finishes. And and when you said that, two people came to mind. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. When CM Punk first came in, when he was in the ECW brand way back when, he had the Anaconda Vices as finish, a finisher. But what did it turn to? It turned to the GTS. And look at Daniel Bryan. He was the man that could break any hold or the man of thousand, you know, submission, submission maneuvers. But what did he have as his finisher? The running knee. So, I mean, yeah. even these submission-based guys have to end up changing their finishers to make it a brawler-type finisher to make it, I guess, quote-unquote, sell more according to what Vince is like. So that's what we have to go down to. Sure. That's true. I respect that. So, um, A-Ron, nope. any other positive plus points of the pay-per-view? We talked about that Kushida match. I really liked that. Um, I really enjoyed the... Um, the IWGP Tag Team Championship match with the Bullet Club versus the Kingdom. I yep. loved the uh, the interplay with the the two valets. I loved seeing Maria Canellas eat a boot at the hands of Doc Gallows towards the end of that match. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, they've been doing this angle with Carl Anderson and her. He, like, kind of gets under a spell with her, and he's, like, attracted to her. And they've been doing that gimmick in... Um, ROH, too, because these two teams have worked in ROH. I think they worked at the the Best in the World pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I like seeing that continuity. Um, Tanahashi surprised me. I'm not the hugest Tanahashi fan. He's kind of the Japanese John Cena, if you will. But they did a lot of good comedy shtick in his match with Yano. They included, there was one part where Yano wouldn't let go of the rope, and Tanahashi was trying to give him a German, and the ref, he'd been doing this the whole match, and the ref got so angry he kicked Yano's hands off the rope so, so that Tanahashi could give him the German. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. But um, those are my big highlights there, ones we hadn't talked about yet. Okay. Um, I think another um, I think another positive of the pay-per-view is the how the card was structured. Um, like I said, we kind of talked about this uh, before we start recording as well, how um, obviously the pre-match show was a ten man tag team kind of, kind of, you know, you know, get you warmed up for what you're going to see. It was, it was a so far match, nothing, nothing too much going on. Uh, I thought it was kind of a lousy ending there. Um, then you go into the tag, the uh, three way tag team, which I think the Young Bucks are very, very exciting. Uh, Aaron's favorite tag team right now. I'm kind of, kind of, kind of jump on his bad bandwagon a little bit, but I don't want him to know. And then um, join us, join us on the other side. They're awesome. <laughs> when we see each other in Dallas, I'll give you two sweets all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kind of get to the middle of the card, um, the Kachita and uh, uh, the Kenny Omega fight, which I thought was really good. And then you and uh, then you ended out with the Nakamura match, and then the, the Nakamura match versus uh, Goto, and then the Akita match versus AJ Styles. I mean. I just thought it was I thought it was brilliantly built. Like the excitement, you, it never had really fall off points where like the short the short ten minute matches were what they were supposed to be. It didn't drag along too long. Right. Then just to go into the big twenty minute matches, which was full of a bunch of enemy uh, energy and just good wrestling. So um, I 
I know a couple of us has complained about how the WWE structures their cars. Like, why is this match coming on right now? Why is the Divas match the second to last match of the car? Like stuff like that. So I thought that was a big plus. Well, yeah, we had our we had our complaints when we reviewed Beast in the East about how the Kevin Owens and um, Finn Balor match wasn't the main event that exactly. that yeah. silly tag match. But granted, that was treated more as the house show that it was. It was kind right. of an elevated house show, so like it's forgivable, I guess. But no, for sure, it was very. This was a very well paced show. Um, being as long as it was, it was kind of nice to have a build there. Right. Ah. And, uh, and, and, you know, and I like to say that, uh, although we like to call it the house show because we're kind of spoiled about being able to see uh, live events more frequent, I just felt like, you know, the fans, they were so happy, so it really didn't bother them as much. Oh, sure. For sure. But, um, you know, the climax for, I felt bad for the match afterwards because it was just like, look. It was dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was dead. Just, just beat around the bush. It was dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell us. How you feeling about the match now? You finish it up? The last yeah, match? Yeah, I, fin- I, fin- I finish it up. You know, I, I do have some good positives, but I do have some deltas, too. Um, a, a, a little a negative aspect of the match is, and this was back when I mentioned a while back in the Stone Cold versus uh, episode that was on Access TV. You know, sometimes people abuse finishers. Like, this was the first time I seen, I think, the Tombstone Piledriver used by a different wrestler, and you kicked out twice. Now, I remember growing up, the Tombstone Piledriver was like the ultimate finisher. Nobody was getting up from that. And I think, you know, even though wrestling is changing, it's evolving, we have a better athletes, yes. But I feel like you should still sell some components of finishing moves as stuff you can never get up from. And I just see it's no possible way. If you do a Tombstone, how is somebody getting up? Uh, even even like a classic clothesline and, and two chains. You you rave about JBL's clothesline for years. You know about how great his clothesline is. If somebody uses that as his finisher, you know, or at least a trademark move like Ryback, how does somebody get up from that? You know, what's the difference between JBL's clothesline and Ryback's clothesline? So some stuff like yes, we like to see going back and forth, back and forth. But sometimes that can be a bit too much if you're kicking out of everything. And what won the match? You know, for Okada was a clothesline. Out of all that, and we lose off a clothesline. You know, sometimes, you know, to me, I just think of the big aspect. Yes, great match, but the finish to me has to submit that great match. Um, so it was still a good match overall. But that, that's my little gripe about it. You know, Aaron's not gonna like this, but I, I promise you, we have to have a show dedicated to. This completely talking about finishes because I, I definitely have an issue with the super kick. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, you, you. I promise you, go go back to that ROH pay per view just to hear um, Steve Carino. Whenever the Young Bucks do a super kick, it is <laughs> the world. The world just melts down. It's the best thing ever. They abused the super kick. Oh, no question. And over and over. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I love the Young Bucks. <laughs> okay, That's why they had like, the super kick party shirts out. It's a party. Yeah, right, right. But, but for real, I, mean, I, I wanted, that was going to be one of my negatives, what Celis just said. There was a spot in towards the ending sequence of that main event match where Okada gives him a tombstone 
Yeah. And they had teased the tombstone off and on throughout the match. He gives him a pile driver, and AJ comes right up and hits him with the Pele. Yeah. It's just like, you're not going to sell it at all? Right. <laughs> so, no, I, I definitely feel what you're saying. That's kind of um, a, a sickness that a lot of wrestling is suffering from lately. You watch yeah. ROH, and it's, it's really bad in terms of the no-selling of finishers or the lack of importance placed on one. Because if, if people kick out of it all the time, you know, your finish doesn't mean anything anymore. Exactly. It's well, it, you watch the and that's that would be why neither of these Kevin Owens John Cena matches are gonna be in my match of the year talk. Because <laughs> it's just finisher city. It's like why do the yeah. AA anymore? It doesn't work. You gotta you do know, it fifty times. Don't work, and no. then you just put them in an STF anyways, it's like what's the point? You know what? Uh listeners, D Wayne's gonna be uh joining us later and I'm gonna have to tell him that uh, on the next edition of the Cena Monster Files, he needs to just go ahead and put the opponent's finishers on it because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cena will kick out of every one of them. Hey, hey, yeah, like Cena just kicks out of all your finishers. He becomes Super Cena, and it's over. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely agree. We definitely should have a show on uh, focuses on you know. Best finishers of all time. Or legit finishers that are legit like that don't change. And even I will put that Walls of Jericho on there too. Uh, uh, two versions of it. One, you know they're not kicking out. And one, they're definitely I mean, getting out of. I'll, yeah, I also think of uh, finishes that's been banned. That's a whole bunch uh, of stuff we can cover with that. That'd be an interesting show. Yeah. So Can I give you um, another negative from this show? Oh, we just, I was about to say, we need to get up on the negatives. Yeah, it drove me nuts. Um, okay. So, the show started hot with that Young Bucks match. Naito and Hanma had a good match with the Bullet Club. And then he had that hard-hitting Shibata-Sakuraba match that we talked a lot about. He had the Kushida match, which was great. So, like you said, the show was building up and up and up very well. Yeah. And then you had this Togi Maccabee versus Tomohiro Ishii match. We just got done two matches before that, seeing a lot of stiff uh, forearms and a lot of stiff kicks. And what was this match? A lot of stiff forearms and a lot of stiff kicks. Yeah. If you watch, yeah. if you watch the movie The Wrestler with um, what was the dude that punched Jericho Mickey Rourke. with Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke? Thank you. Yeah, Mickey um, Rourke. You see the guys going over their stuff in the locker room beforehand, and they say like, "This is my finish, or this is the spot we're gonna do." So don't take this spot. And it just seems like these guys didn't have that conversation because it was just more of the same. And on top of that in this match, they did this sequence where they just hit each other. They let each other hit each other back and forth in the face to see who's tougher. Ishii is hitting him in the chest with forearms that look super weak. And Maccabee is doing what appears to be top of the head forearms. But if you look, his arm is clearly just windmilling right over the top of his scalp. And they did this, they went on for 20 seconds, and then the way the match started, there was a spot at which Maccabee ended up on the outside, and Ishii hit this, like, flip senton on him, and barely caught him, because Maccabee was out of position, he, like, caught him on the arm barely, and in New Japan, they do a 20 count, it's a quick 20 count outside the ring before you count out, instead of a slow 10. And he sold that, that blown spot for 17 count. Fast forward to Raw this week, I, I'm sure you guys all saw the blown spot where Cena can't hit that springboard stunner ever. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so, but, but here's what was good about it. So he, he blew it, 
barely hit Cesaro with it. Instead of selling it, Cesaro's like, nope. And Cesaro came and hit a real big spot on him yeah. to make it make sense. So there was a lot about, and this was for the uh, the Never Openweight Championship. This match didn't make any sense. And then, I, and then there was more of the stiff shot forearms and stiff shot kicks in the Nakamura match. And I'm Nakamura's biggest fan, but I didn't think that match was that good either because of that, because it was more of the same again. Mm-hmm. And I, that may not be a popular opinion, but I, that was what, on a show that lasted four hours, I got burnt out on stuff like that. I know it's strong style, but you can give a little variety for goodness sakes. Uh, yeah, definitely on the openweight title match. I literally was just a whole bunch of just nothing going around the whole match. Just around, around. Like, it seems like nothing made any purpose the whole match. No. Until, like, the last, like, 15 seconds or so, you know. So, um, I definitely was not a fan of that match. I wasn't even going to mention it, but, uh, mention it, but I was not a fan. I think it, uh, I, uh, oh, uh, Oh, the spider suplex there, uh, a knee to the back of the head. Yeah, it just, just a whole bunch of just tough man versus tough man. I didn't, I, I really didn't enjoy that match. Definitely going to say that's one of my negatives as well. Yeah. What else didn't you like? Um, I wasn't, I wasn't too much of a fan of the uh, Yano and a uh, Tanahashi match. I, I don't know. Is Ta- uh, does Tanahashi kind of cheesy to you, or is it just me? No, <laughs> no, it's he's just for sure. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess maybe the role of the baby face is just a little bit differently defined over there. But a lot of people here in the states are really huge on Tanahashi too. He's been around for a long time. He's in his like mid to late thirties, but come out playing the goofy air guitar, and he's got like a a poodle mullet thing with a braid in it. Just his hair looks awful. Majorzizi. Yeah, a little bit, and he's got like this robe that just shows off at the ab area of his body that he doesn't have six pack at. Yeah, I just I don't get the appeal of Tanahashi. He's a great worker, but I don't get it. Right, it's definitely nothing, nothing more than a comedian Mac at, at his max. Like, uh, I don't know, I, I couldn't. It was just fun. I guess that's how you could describe it. Yeah, and it, it might be a case that he. You know, he's kind of been there, Hogan, for a while. He's main evented almost all the Wrestle Kingdoms. Yeah. I think they're kind of starting to phase him out of that spot now. Because yeah. he's been in New Japan since 1999, so he's definitely got some time of years. Like, if you want to talk about how Cena always said, oh, I've been doing this for 13, 14 years, I mean, you can give him kind of that same same reign in a way. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I apologize, man. This this pay per view was like I said four hours, so it's easy to forget. Got to keep an eye on my notes real quick. But uh, why don't we uh, why don't we put a bow on this thing and let's let's give it a grade for the show? Okay. Uh, like I said, I thought there was legitly one, two, three. Uh, I thought there was legitly four solid matches. Um, one really fun match, and I thought the building of the car was great. Um, I like I like how the mat I like how everything wasn't so biased. Like heels lost, uh, faces lost. Um, I love the uh, um, excitement from the crowd. Um, uh, my my problems were that. Uh, 
um, there was a lot of selling errors and just um, the I I hate to say it, it being four hours was a problem as well. But I, I mean, I managed through it because of how it was built. But um, overall, I'm out to say that I think there's legitimately three three good matches on here that could be considered in top five matches of the year. I'm out to give this this card uh, eight out of ten. Cool. I um I gave Beast in the East a seven out of ten. I want to say, and I I kind of left the show feeling just as entertained, but just over a longer time, like you said. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go like seven seven point five out of ten. Just just I kind of base my ratings off of how I feel when I walk away from the show as a whole, and there was some great spots. I loved the main event. I loved the Shibata Sakuraba match. I love my boys, the Young Bucks. Uh, Bullet Club Kingdom was great. So there was, and Kushida was great too. We can't talk enough about Kushida, who's uh, now the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He won that title shot from winning the Best of the Super Juniors tourney um, just a couple weeks ago. See, I'm gonna, I'll go seven and a half out of ten. It's interesting when you talk about that it's a four-hour show. So is WrestleMania, but WrestleMania has some of the most built matches of the year. It has the yep, biggest exactly. spectacle of the year, you know, talking about presentation, talking about Terminator robots, talking about, you know, celebrities like Ronda Rousey and The Rock shows yeah, up and yeah, yeah. Money in the Bank, just all these surprises and big things, whereas this show was in an arena with that was probably the same size as what they do Raw in. And there was some good matches and then some so-so matches, but it's not like they knocked it out of the park. Hey, I got two things that you just reminded me of. I forget what match it was, but um, uh, it was some match. I, got, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but it was a match where somebody, uh, a manager, or you know, somebody came out to the ring with somebody and was um, beaten on the side of the ring. The Terminator beat. Did you catch that? I did. I think that was um, the Young Bucks were doing that during the. Um who they come out with during the Kenny Omega Kushida match. But yes, I caught that. That was awesome. Yeah. He's doing dun, 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 another dun, spot dun. of the Kushida match when he was thrown over to the announce table and how one of the announcers held on to his trophy with both arms. Yep. I was, like, I was like, you better because it was definitely in peril where it was standing. So I thought that was pretty funny too. And Sellis, so. Yeah, and even though I only got to saw the main event, and I really was trying to break down how you guys was breaking down other parts of the match, and I could really was like replaying in my head, you know, while you guys were talking. And I would give it a 7 out of 10, but a 7 out of 10 based on what a 7 out of 10 means in school-related terms. A 7 is a C, a C is average. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. But it didn't stand out to me. And, and, and Aaron, you put the words right out of my mouth when you talked about, when you talk about four-hour show. And you talk about this event with Dominion versus WrestleMania. WrestleMania has a presentation. WrestleMania WrestleMania has a story build up. And to me, when I was watching the Okada match with, with AJ Styles, it didn't have that story to me. It, you just saw two great wrestlers going back and forth, trying to you know put on good spots. But it really wasn't meaningful. And like I said, I had to bring that grade down. If you're kicking out of legit moves that you know should be finishers and not some. That, 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 that brings it down for me. Yep. So I will say 7 out of 10 based off what I saw and what you guys are getting, getting to me. And fans, I'm sorry I just had a rough week, you know, starting a whole lot of new stuff this week. So I did not get a chance to see 
the research I wanted to see. But just based off that match, I would definitely agree with a, a flat C or seven out of ten. Cool. Um, how about how about this is for a grading as well? From what you heard from us too, what would you grade it on your anticipation on wanting to see the whole card? Anticipation wanting to see the whole card is basically like I would view it, and please, I don't mean any disrespect of trying to compare this show to what I'm about to call it, but I would compare it to a SmackDown spoiler. Oh, I'm anticipated. Do I want to see it? But after I saw the reviews, uh, I may not want to see it because I felt like I've seen it, you know, before in some elements, maybe not more recent wrestling, but I could probably compare it to a past wrestling event, say like a Kurt Angle and a Brock Lesnar type of match. I can go to the WWE Network, flipping that match, and I'll probably get filled in that void. And based on what you're telling me, I'm watching that match at the same time. Um, so it's, it's nothing that I'm, I'm anxious to see. Um, if I have free time, will I will see it? Sure, you know, because I, I love wrestling like that. And I like to see, you know, especially with the Young Bucks, you know, as far as how much Aaron puts them over, I would definitely like to see how they perform. Um, but if, if, I, if I'm eager to see it or I got to see it, no, I'm not that type of, you know, feeling. Well, I'm telling you, this is not one you want to let. Uh, this is not one you want to let slide by. I think it was really good. Uh, I think it's exciting. And thinking about Wrestle Kingdom uh, this year, mm-hmm. um, I've I've been hearing some rumors that they could be possibly setting up a Nakamura versus Okada match. I that. think that's I, exactly now what they're that, I would yeah. be looking forward to see that. I, I would now. I would want to see that now. If you told me how that match went, now that's something. Regardless, if you tell me how good it was, now I would want to see that. Yeah, I think that's exactly. I I didn't read that rumor, but that's what I was kind of thinking of watching the show because they're keeping that that IC belt off of Nakamura, and they during the show also they announced the blocks and the competitors for the G one climax tourney that they're going to have over the next month. And I would expect, I don't know if Nakamura would win it. I think he's won it in the past. But I would expect him to have a good showing as well as Okada. And I think that's exactly where they're headed. Because Nakamura and Okada seem to be the one in the, the 1A and the 1B of that company on an international sense. Like Nakamura, if you watch those ROH shows they did with New Japan in May, he got the biggest pop, no question. His outfit, by the way, for this Dominion pay-per-view was... It was like a red sequin ninja outfit. Yeah, and he portrayed it so good. Well, they did the thing where they lift him from like from under the stage up slowly, kind of like how Triple H come out of the stage at Mania. And you hear the the announcers are going, Ninjaga! They're like yelling. (laughs) It was so good. Hey, how about that one spot where he uh, dodged a a running something and he held his hands up like a ninja and like spun around? I was like, oh, that's that's so awesome. I love it. Being like Nakamura. a legit anime fan and just a comic book fan and all, like seeing stuff like this is really exciting to see a mixture of both character and both skill and sport. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally digging it. Yeah. But hey, but hey, anybody else got anything want to add to this? Oh uh-huh. man. Well, that'll wrap up this little quick segment about the New Japan Dominion pay per view. Back to you guys shortly. Alright, ladies and 
gentlemen, welcome back to the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Um, Aaron, uh, two chains, Aaron and Sellers, we're back again. But D Wade decided to join us, and he has something special for you guys right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> Me too. Wow, what's going on? Well, that that question is directed to you. Do you think Ryback will ever hold the championship belt ever? No. Why? <laughs> Not at all. Because? I, I just can't take him serious. Because? He, he just doesn't have it. He just like, he's like a robot to me. That's his gimmick. He's the Terminator. Look, I I will say, I, I will say on the on the same note as D Wayne's uh, argument here that it's so iconic that when John Cena put Ryback through the air blast, that was the end of his push. His yes, music, it, was, it, was, it was. You know what's interesting about that? I was there. That was in Chicago. Yes, it was. It was. It was no more. Feed me more, and that was just it for Ryback. I mean, he was at his highest moment then. Like, he, they was cutting promos for him. Like, you know, I was like, uh oh. I was like, they're they're really taking him serious as much as the fans was calling him Goldberg. Like, this is his push, but he ran into the wrong person. Uh, you know, and to and, and to question that, will he ever get the championship belt? Uh, I'm going to say no. But then again. There's that occurrence where he might end up becoming the new, um, the new uh, Mark Henry and get it out of pity. No, don't do that. No. I mean, that's sad to say, goes, though. That's sad to say. Mark Henry kind of deserves to be world heavyweight champion that time he did it, but it no. was kind of out of pity. It really was. I mean, this guy's almost got 20 years in the business. I mean, he's been sexual chocolate. He had a baby with Mae Young. I mean... If you had a baby that was a hand, you got to give him at least some type of credit. <laughs> uh, look, Mar- uh, as far as I'm concerned, Mark Henry might be on the episode of the Cena Monster. He gave the world's best promo ever had me crying in my chair because I thought he was going to retire. No, I would do one on Dolph Ziggler. I think that would be appropriate. Can I ask you something, Dwayne? Do you feel we're going to be doing one of these about Kevin Owens in a couple weeks? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I may stop watching wrestling for like two I hope weeks so. if that happens. I'm not putting my money on that one. I'm I'm telling you right now, man. We're gonna dress you up like Kevin Owens in Dallas. Mark my words. But you know what? I won't be. You know what? At this point, I won't be surprised if he wins. Because. And if, only because it's a lesser title. It's the United States title. I, I think speaking, if this was like the Intercontinental title or if it was a WWE championship, uh, heavyweight, world heavyweight title, it wouldn't happen. Can I ask you one more question before we wrap up the segment? What's going on? Do you think we're going to see Cesaro on this segment soon? <laughs> so, so Cesaro needs a segment of his own. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what did you think about what they did with them on Raw? Because we didn't get a chance to talk with you about this. 
You know what? I actually missed her off. I, I actually missed her off. Because you're on well, vacation? Huh? Because you're on vacation? Yeah. So, did you read about what happened? No, I haven't read nothing. I was going to read it actually tonight. I was going to catch up on my wrestling stuff tonight. All right. I'll, we'll have to get back with you about that. We'll see how it plays out. Absolutely, because you're gonna, you got, we got something for that. But I, oh, yeah. ooh, ooh, if you, if you had it caught up and you would have said yeah, that would have kind of gave me chills. But I feel like there is slight potential that this can happen the way how John Cena is. But if it happens with Cesaro, I might be done. I might, I don't know, I might pull an AJ Lee and just retire, have a baby <laughs> or something. Don't have a baby, two James. Side note: Is she pregnant? No. Well, they just had the picture of her and AJ Lee hanging out in LA, and she's too skinny to be pregnant, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, gotcha. she's, she's also she's also um, in uh, minor and moderate uh, levels of MMA training. If any of you guys check that out, I did not know that. Yeah, with her baby. Aww. Oh. Yeah. So. Good job. You know, last last episode we did a did you know what happened in the previous year. And did you know, um, two years ago of this date, was it two years or was it three years? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. It's either two or three years ago on this date. AJ Lee and CM Punk was both, both was in the ring where AJ Lee decided to propose to who is now her husband, CM Punk. So, for a random topic for tonight, would you guys ever let a woman propose to you? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Quick oh. Would you ever let a woman propose to you? Well, I, I'm married. I could have saved a lot of money on the ring if it was the other way around, but <laughs> you know, it is what it is. If my wife would have proposed to me, I would probably be scared because that's totally unlike her. I probably would have just walked, just got in my car, just drove somewhere, and be like, what in the heck just happened? <laughs> D-Way. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> would, I, would, would, you, would you let a word propose to you? Man, I'm telling you, out of the fear of my mother, I have to move to like Pluto if I ever was to say yes on this. Like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, they were, they were straight down the board on that one. I'm going to propose remember it was TVPG on this topic, so I had to, I had to I'm going to, I'm going to propose to D-Wayne when we're in Texas at some point. I'm going to wait till we're in a big group of people. I'm going to get on one knee, and I'm going to propose to him, and in my hand, instead of a ring, you know what I'm going to have for you, D-Wayne? <laughs> a, a Kevin Owens shirt. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> It was a, uh, it was a, it was a divas uh, tag team match with uh, basically 
which pretty much is showing the bill of um, Sasha Banks and um, Charlotte becoming a tag team, even though they really never liked each other, feuded in the past, but actually becoming a tag team um, who's eventually and been rumored to be coming up to the main roster. Um, they also have announced that those two will actually um, uh, be competing for the, the NST Women's Championship in the next week. So be interesting to see how that's going to play out, considering the fact they're both going to get called up. Um, then uh, basically, this was, I, I, I'm sorry, Aaron, you said, you believe that this show was already pre-recorded, correct? Yeah, they had, after the uh, Tokyo special, they had two more weeks of TV already in the bank. So you're not going to see Balor with that title on NXT till the week after next. And that's going to be my right. problem here because I know, I understand NXT is pre-recorded, SmackDown is pre-recorded for all those that follow us and understand that. But NXT makes sure, has to make sure they do better. If you're promoting your title on live events, need to make sure you don't record too too early too soon because that can hurt your brand because I feel like I don't even need to watch NXT for a couple of weeks until I see I know Ben Balor is going to have that solidified title on an NXT show. I mean, if you have your title changed, you need to make sure your champion is featured on your show that next week with the title. So that can hurt him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the, it was just a segment of the, um, the replay from the Beast in the East pay-per-view which was a great match between Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, but it definitely just felt misplaced. I haven't seen something like this in a while, I guess, where they fill it in with previous recorded. I mean... I thought it was stupid, because if you watch NXT, you have the network already, so what's stopping <laughs> you from already watching that match on the network that you're paying for, but you're going to recycle it? on? An, it's just stupid. I could see if they needed, if it was a case of like, you remember the, the Raw after the Royal Rumble this year where they had the crazy snowstorm and they actually couldn't do Raw. It was in Massachusetts or something. Right, right, I remember that. Like, that's fine. You can re-air some of the Royal Rumble. Cool. But this was just stupid. Yeah, that actually was last time. And I was trying to remember. I was like, I know I, know I felt like this has happened recently. But yeah, yeah, that, right. that, that was definitely weird. Yeah. Uh, but, um... I can't emphasize enough. Sasha Banks is hot. Um, I'm, I'm liking every everything about her. <laughs> Did you know she's a Snoop Dogg? Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is my girl. <laughs> what, what did she propose to you? I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't take long. So you won't you won't say yes to me, but you'll say yes to Sasha Banks, D Wayne. How about that? Aaron is sexy. What, what's, what's up with that? <laughs> So yeah, it was Sasha Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Um, they defeated Dana Brooke and Emma. The match was not good at all. Uh, poor Emma got into that. Uh, she got arrested for stealing, I think it was. And yeah, Walmart. Just, yeah, and that's just been the last we heard of her. You know what I mean? So, and then um, the last match. Oh, it was, I'm sorry. There was three matches. It was three matches of the night. Uh, Solomon Crow versus. Uh, uh, versus Marcus Louis, and it was just a weird match. Felt out of place. Too much yelling. I I I wasn't feeling it. The the NXT crowd wasn't feeling it. It was just wasn't there. Marcus Louis um, makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I, you know, commentary just kept saying it too. They just saying like he's just I don't know. It's making him uncomfortable. Yep. 
Mm. And uh, um, what was the last match? Drawing uh, a blank here. Um, it was the tag team mm. contendership match. Uh, was it the uh, Enzo and? Kaz yeah, it was those two versus uh, the Vaud Villains. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then um, actually, that was that was oh, no crazy match. I actually thought that uh, Colin and Enzo actually had it won until the last minute. Bob Villains snuck away with a sneaky, I think it was a roll up or something at the end, and they ended up winning the match. The um, commentary was pushing Colin uh, and Enzo the whole match, which made me already predicted that they was going to end up losing the match. So you gotta, you gotta think. think- you got to think that that title match is going to happen before the next takeover because the next takeover is not until like mid to late August at this point in Brooklyn. So I think they get that out of the way on TV and then you get Enzo and Cass get their title shot again in Brooklyn. Can I make a bold statement here? I don't think Enzo and Cass will ever make it to the main roster. Oh, stop. Stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because, I mean, based on what their gimmick is, I don't think their wrestling skills as a tag team together will be good enough to put them on the main roster. Oh. Yeah, they can talk. Yeah, they, I mean, they can uh. talk. They can talk, and I hate to say this because I'm fans of them, but I just think based on what WWE is putting the tag team at right now and based on what their skill level is compared to tag teams that's not even getting on the show, I can't see them, them getting on there. Uh, did you, you remember that team, I, the New Age Outlaws, back in the 90s? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. Second coming. Not necessarily saying the work I, rate's going to be all there, but they're going to be on the main roster. I hope. Look, so not as a, is, not as a tag team. Like they're going to... Uh, I'm telling you, man. Maybe not for a while, but it's going to happen. Okay. You know, I... Because I, 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 I heard about... Really cool. I, go ahead, go ahead, too, James. Oh, I was going to say, their gimmick is really cool on the NST level, but they're just going to be perceived if they come up doing this same thing on uh, the main roster is a mixture of um, the Ascension mixed with our um, uh, troop where it's just like, okay, yes. these guys, yes. okay, this guy, okay. <laughs> and and I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong because I really do like him. I'm huge on Enzo on the mic, but uh, Road Dog still, you know, I mean, literally, Road Dog had a WWE championship match against The Rock one time in his career. I don't think Enzo will ever have a WWE Championship match at all. I mean, you know what? I got, I got, I got to cut, I got to cut everybody off real quick. All right, this has to happen right now. Silas, give us your silly, your silly statement of the night. All right, I will take my silly statement of the night. Okay, off, off, off air. We had a conversation of our best wrestlers of all time. You can call me crazy, you can call me silly, what you want, but I will tell you my three wrestlers and why they're the greatest of all time. Number one, Mr. Kennedy. Now, first of all, granted, Mr. Kennedy had, you know, a lot of injuries that depromoted himself from ever being the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yes, he won money in the bank. His gimmick was great when he was on SmackDown because how do you beat seven world champions and not ever get the WWE World Heavyweight title? He was great on the mic. Everybody knows that he had the, oh, if you saw that storyline breakdown about the illegitimate child of Mr. McMahon was going to be Mr. Kennedy and how he was going to turn the big face, that was probably going to be the epic moment of his career. And I'm talking about epic, like, Stone Cold Vince McMahon type feud that Kennedy could have had. I mean, he had the wrestling attire, he had the talk, he had the charisma, he had the ring gear. He just never 
got his chance. So I have to put him number one. Number two, I have to put Cody Rhodes. With Cody Rhodes, yes, you may say, why Cody? He's only been the IC champion. But one, he brought back the prestige to the IC champion. This IC championship belt that we have now is because of Cody Rhodes. And I would compare him to Mankind. And I would compare him to Mankind day in and day out. Because he's had three charismatic uh, gestures. One, he was just playing Cody Rhodes. Two, he was dashing Cody Rhodes. And those vignettes that he did on those dashing tips to stay beautiful, they were priceless. And on top of that, he had the dark Cody Rhodes. So he could show that he's a legitimate heel. And even you could throw in Stardust as a fourth one. And he was great for Stardust. I mean, anything Cody does, he puts the gold. And number three, and I just mentioned him earlier, the road dog, Jesse James. Now, I don't know if you talk about promo work. If you can find anybody that can sell a promo or sell a chant or sell anything like the Road Dog did. When he talked, you listen. It could be a comedic, it could be serious, and he could still go in the ring. And Lord have mercy, if I will still do little five, I mean that little uh that little crazy leg dance I could do for for uh his little trademark move. Oh, uh, he could still go in the ring. So I, I will put those three as far as one was a great wrestler, two can do any type of gimmick, and three was the best in promo work of all time. I'm sorry, call me crazy. Yeah, they're my three favorite wrestlers of all time. You know, for the sake of time, we're, 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 we're going to record our top three wrestlers of all time. But I, I'm going to have to just let that one breathe. If you guys, you want to give us feedback on what he has to say, please feel free to tweet us, Facebook us, everything. Like, Hashtag your silly sellers. Because <laughs> I know there has to be some comments on that. But, hey, so, um, Aaron, what did you watch on Wednesday this week? I saw about half of NXT. I'm still playing catch-up. I was trying to catch up on that New Japan pay-per-view we just reviewed. But I watched all of ROH. Um, I watched about half of TNA. Here's my TNA review. I can give it to you in one second. You ready? Here's my TNA review. Okay, there's my TNA review. Uh, that that EC3 title win ain't gonna mean much after you make the rest of the show stupid with him being on 15 segments, not doing a whole lot meaningfully. But uh, ROH was a. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say, Dwayne? I didn't know TNA still existed. I thought, you know, they suck. <laughs> so, uh, why, it. Do we, why do we talk about them? Why? Because. Um, you ever you ever watch America's Funniest Home Videos, D Wayne? Uh huh. Okay, and you ever see like, like you know, like someone's about to bust their face or about to fall and you know it's coming but you can't look away that that's tna impact wrestling right now but um ring of honor had a pretty solid hour of tv they're finally doing some original stuff after kind of giving us some uh best of their new japan shows that they did in may we had dalton castle with a pretty solid match against watanabe and he cut this promo at the end where his boys formed like a stool for him with their bodies. It was the craziest thing. And he said he was the only real man in Ring of Honor, which brought out Silas Young, who considers himself to be the only real man left in wrestling. That's his gimmick. And uh, Dalton Young had, or Dalton Castle, excuse me, had just beat him at the Best in the World pay-per-view. So I like that they're continuing that. 
Um, and then they had a, a six-man with Michael Elgin and Red Dragon taking on the kingdom. We saw Adam Cole kind of turn on the kingdom at the end. So it looks like we're going to go somewhere with um, with a feud, kind of inner feud within the kingdom, and I like that. I don't like Michael Elgin, a former ROH world champion of just a year ago or less, and they're not really doing much with him. It's kind of lame. But they had a good promo in the ring with uh, Jay Lethal. And Nigel McGuinness was asking him which title he wanted to vacate because he didn't think he could um, do both and defend both. And he said he would never give up either of them. He's going to defend them both. And then Roderick Strong came out and kind of called them out at the end because they're having their title match soon. So it was a it was a decent show. I love seeing Jay Lethal with those titles. Good for him. I don't know how that whole segment made him more over as a heel. It kind of made me cheer for him more as a fighting champion, but um, you've got the house of truth behind him to kind of keep the heel stick going, I guess, so I can let it slide, but it's a good show. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, I recommend it just to, in terms of getting caught up on the storylines for Death Before Dishonor coming up at the end of the month. So that's that's what I watched. And Sellers, was you able to check anything out or anything else for the weekend? Oh, excuse me, for the... Wednesday night? No, I wasn't, but I do have a, a slight rumor. Um, I want to throw this out there to see how you feel about that, because even though I did not get a chance to check RH or TNA, um, I did review NXT work, especially when everybody was talking about Sasha Banks and Charlotte tag team again. Let me just throw this out to you. You guys can throw a quick, you know, matter of fact, two chains. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you buy or do you sell it? If you had a match that was a six-girl tag between Paige, Charlotte, and Sasha Banks versus the Bellas and Alicia Fox, do you buy or sell that match at SummerSlam? Oh, I'm going to have to sell it. Mm, I would agree. I'm going to have to sell it because um, there's way too much talent on one side. So, in other words, would you be interested in seeing the Seahawks versus the Buccaneers game live? Nope. <laughs> I would buy that match. Yeah. You would? Yep. If it was if it was Charlotte and Sasha Banks's first match on the main roster, I would buy it just because that would be exciting in and of itself. That's it. If they were That's doing it at like Survivor Series, you know, after they've been on the roster for a while, then I wouldn't buy it, but I would buy it for the interim. Okay. Anything to upgrade that Divas roster cuz I'm just uh a little bit over the Bellas, and um, I think Naomi done fell off the face of the earth, but that's another story, I guess. Yeah, I still got to watch Total Divas. I got to still finish, finish that. Yeah. Oh, Total Divas was great this week, if we want to talk about that at all. <laughs> I will get into that as soon as I finish watching it. All, the, all they do, just a heads up, all they do is um, say how horrible Eva Marie is at wrestling the whole time. I, I got that for the first 15 minutes, but when I saw her taking the bumps and working with Steve, so this Brian Kendrick, it seemed like it was all right. But. Oh, it's a, it's a good episode of TV. That's all I'm going to say. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Um, anybody check out Lucha Underground? We don't get El Rey here. I, didn't, I can never watch it. I'm going to try and find more of it online when I have time. Yeah, that's definitely my struggle as well. Um, Dr. M would be your guy for that. Dr. M gets to watch that in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of rumors, uh, it's just uh, some other things that's been popping going on in the wrestling community. Um, 
one, Global Force Wrestling has announced what their name of their live their live television show is going to be called. Um, and what you guys think? Yay or nay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's that. Um, and then another thing that was interesting that was out on uh this week was a uh, Vince McMahon rules of announcers of uh, documents have leaked. Um, this wasn't by Edward Snowden, but a uh, good old Reddit account once again decides to. Uh, get information out there, which seems to be kind of funny because this this seems to happen right after the fact that um, there was some discussion about certain things JBL wasn't allowed to say or they made sure that he didn't say during the taping of, uh, of Raw. Can't think what it was right now. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? There was something that there was something that was rumored that they kind of like made sure that JBO did not say or call during the match, and then right after this, these documents got leaked. I don't know. It was probably putting himself over because that's what he does half the time. They probably told him to cut that out. <laughs> but yeah, um, the documents pretty much were. I think it was a, it was a, uh, it was a pretty li- pretty lengthy document, basically stating. Um, what the announcers are not. They want them to keep away from things they want them to be familiar with. Um, and just a whole bunch of just little interesting uh, petty rules and stuff. Like some stuff, I, I mean, I can see I can see why some of this stuff work, but some some of it, I'm just, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see to be really memorizing a lot of this, but I guess, you know, you, you get so accustomed to it after a while, then you know, it just becomes part of the job. And I guess for the money they're making, they have no choice. But, I mean, think about this. They're not allowed for, under the worst to avoid category. I'm going to run down this list real quick. And you guys, you interrupt me at any time. You've got severe feelings about it. Words they want them to kind of stay away from. Belts, belt, strap, the business, our industry, feud, war. And I'm going to stop myself at war. So you don't want commentary saying war, but you're promoting on the WWE network and even on any other uh, commercial you get a chance, the Monday Night War. Yeah. Uh, performance, I believe everybody practices in the performance, performance center. center. Yeah, so you're not allowed to say performance, performer, uh, house show, uh, instead use live event, backstage, instead use in the back or in the locker room area, pro wrestler, Pro wrestling or pro wrestler, use superstar, star athlete, international, use global instead, shop, no, and, and then brackets, they say, do not say no title shots, acrobats, interesting, DQ, talent, me or I, uh, do not use, it's, Inside terms such as hill, baby face, blown up, shot, red, mark, etc. Uh, do not use U.S., use United States. Uh, do not use fans, such as, you know, like uh, Raw fans, our fans, or Cena fans. Do not use hospital, use medical center. Faction, use group. And please use not available instead of on sale. What do you, what do you guys from? think? Oh, it's, it's leaked online, buddy. 
any any feedback on that. And this this it's just the rumor, so there's no there's no hundred percent truth to this, but if it is true, what do you what do you what do you guys think about this? Like this document is really extensive. I mean, but if you think about it, think about it educational terms. I would just you know piggyback off me and A Rock because we're both educators here. I mean, does it really matter? It, 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 it kind of doesn't. Yeah, it kind of doesn't. <laughs> but 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 some like, people are very particular. I really don't that. care as long as you make it interesting to me. This is some BS. Like who cares about this? I mean, I mean, like like I said, does it really make a difference? That's my thing. When you think about educators, like you think people call it gym teachers but PE teachers, one sounds like more more a stable term than the other, or somebody can say foreign language over world language. It's, it's, it's just a more stable term people can use. That's all I can. Do. I, don't, I don't know, like, um, you know, as much as. A lot of people complain about the rules within the uh, NFL to make it a safer sport. I mean, they're making WWE not so much of a sport, but an entertaining company. I get that. They're uh, banning moves. They're banning, um, you know, they're, they're trying to stay within a certain uh, range area for uh, fans. And now it seems like if this is true, another another note. Let me just note right now that this document was leaked, and it was the date of the document was uh, where did I see that at? Was in two thousand ten. So it's a five year old document, and it still holds. It, se- it still seems to hold a lot of value as it is now. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting that that got out, and I'm seeing if I could try to figure out what it was that uh. That was said, what made him, uh, I guess, what ultimately made somebody leak this file in the first place. Right. Um, other than that, while I'm looking for this, any other rumors or anything going on you guys want to share? I'm, I'm, I don't have any. Mm. Anybody read or hear anything about um, if the fan that was hit by Brock, the Brock Lesnar flying door? Severity of an injury, injury or like well, I heard fired. I heard yeah, after, um, you got a bunch yeah, of free gear. So you, so <laughs> is it safe to say that that rumor of that being the spot is that holding legit or? You know? I don't know how Brock could ever get that door that far for sure. <laughs> There's no way. You could plan that. That's why it was good. I have one thing we can kind of wrap up the rumor section with. Did you guys see, and WWE put this out on their Instagram after it leaked, apparently they were doing some sort of a competition for Tough Enough at like a comedy club or something, and they like opened it to the public, so there was like people there, which is why I got out. Apparently it got to a point at the end after whoever won, Patrick and Mata on Tough Enough got very heated to the point that producers had to kind of pull them apart. Competition is getting sticky, and I think those are definitely. But I like uh, that. Yeah, those are definitely two easy, easy, solid picks to say who's going to win it from the male side easily. Patrick's oh, got it. And by the way, you got to tone it down a little bit so he doesn't get himself a bunch of heat. That's that's exactly what I said in our last episode. Uh, you know, he's a uh, he's very sparky, and you know, always has a lot to say, and sometimes that doesn't always prove to be a good thing. Sometimes the best learner is the is the quiet one. Sure. Other than that, um, didn't have 
too much more on the rumors from my end, and since like everybody else is, and I'm not gonna say a bunch of things going around, but just wanted to make sure I open it up to all the hosts of the show to see if there's anything else. So, uh, uh, episode for the night, um, Aaron, would you like to give a shout out uh, from my uh, via to our fans on Twitter? Yeah, we've had a lot of good Twitter interaction the past several days. Um, I'll pull up our Twitter right now so I can make sure I say everybody's uh, handle correctly. But we have the ninth wonder of the world, China, following us on Twitter now. So thank you very much for that. We had interaction with Mata, with Patrick from Tough Enough, ironically enough. We had um, Kurt Angle's wife, favorite one of our tweets. Um, I think Titus O'Neil gave us a shout out back for commenting on his yep. commentary on Raw, which was good. Ma- um, Mata also did too. Yep, and um, otherwise I had a good conversation last night on Twitter with trying to find the homie's name here. Uh, John Arthur Rooney. I think he lives uh somewhere outside of America, based on what he was talking about. And there's a band following us, and they're the band. It's a punk band, and their name is the Razor Ramones, which is an awesome, awesome. name for a band. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and uh, and Greg Greg Virgo Valentine from ESPN Grantland's uh, Cheap Heat podcast. He, we might be getting him on the podcast soon. He and I were talking. We're gonna try and make that happen sometime. I like him. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we. We definitely just wanted to, everybody else that we didn't name, just want to definitely say thank you for the support, interactions, favorites, retweets, we all see it. We know we're just, we're, we're up and coming, so we appreciate all the love and support, and you know, definitely feel free to contact us with suggestions, input, and you know, whatever else you would like to share, we, we are active in the social media community, so thank you very much. And, um, you know, it's been a pleasure delivering another episode for the night. Uh, this is Two Chains, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. This has been another production of the Big Goat Belt Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BGB Group or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Big Gold Belt. Email us at BigGoldBeltGroup at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.